0: Hey, it's the First Pres Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the First Pres Monday check-in. We got the Bible, and Greg, and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I'm Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors, First Pres Hastings, joined by...
1: Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. This is the special Vidor Takata edition of the Monday check-in. Maybe. We don't really know. Linda is rehearsing for the special Sunday service in the sanctuary right now on the organ. Right, and our podcast studio is adjacent to the sanctuary, and so you, <laughs> we will all be blessed by some glorious background music as Linda rehearses the Vidor Toccata. At least that's what she's rehearsing right now. Yeah, so if a
0: person hears background music,
1: that's what it is.
0: They're not being haunted.
1: <laughs> and it is a preview.
0: Well, of... from that. I guess they they could still be being haunted. But that that music is not part of the
1: haunting. I love that as soon as you start talking about haunting, she starts playing these really bold <laughs> chords, some of which were minor, but that's... Oh, there it goes. All right. Um, yeah, so this is... Uh, what do we normally do on the Monday check-in? I don't know. Okay.
0: <laughs> Just listen to music, I guess.
1: Sounds great.
0: Yeah. No, we do a little preview of the week to come, uh, the worship service <clears throat> that's going to be coming up at First Pres Hastings. We talk a little bit about the scripture. We do a little miniature Bible study. We ask questions of it. We perhaps allow it to ask questions of us. And then we switch gears and we talk about the life of the church at First Res Hastings, and we oftentimes start with an opening prayer. And
1: I think it's my turn. I think so too. So let's uh, let's let's pray. Yeah. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this opportunity to sit down and reflect. Thank you for uh, the gift of music, which is bringing a lively spirit to our reflections and our conversation today. And thank you for the gift of this church and for its 150 years of witness in this community, in the lives of its members, and in the world. Bless our study of your holy word. Bless our church's preparations for the 150th worship celebration that we will be having on Sunday. And bless and guide our steps, God. May your word be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Illuminating the way for us in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Now, for this coming Sunday, uh, I'll read the scripture and then you can say why. All right. Does that make sense? So, this is from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and then verses 22 through 29, for some reason. Uh, And it reads something like this. and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. But you but you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. For indeed, God is a consuming fire. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you ever like read a thing and then you think to yourself, "I have absolutely no idea what I just read." That that has happened
1: to me once or twice.
0: That's pretty much what just happened to me in verses twenty-three through twenty-nine. Yeah. Why? Why? Let's start with why this passage.
1: Yes. Why this passage? So. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we are celebrating our church's 150th anniversary. This Sunday is our celebratory worship service. We've been doing events all year to celebrate the 150th, but this is this is our um, our worship service as as well as a luncheon, which we'll do afterwards. But um, and so I went back in the archives and I went and pulled uh, the sermon that was preached on the occasion of our cel- church celebrating its 100th anniversary. Right. And so uh, that was Doctor Silas Kessler, and this was the scripture that he chose to preach on for the church's 100th anniversary celebration. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to preach on the same scripture and also perhaps to pull some quotes from his sermon from 50 years ago, and then uh, sort of in in a sense, be in a dialogue with Doctor Kessler about this scripture, its relevance to our church, its relevance to our church's celebration of these important anniversaries and its relevance to our lives and our our journey as disciples of Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. that is why this scripture is the scripture that I'm preaching on this Sunday.
0: Okay. That answers that question.
1: And the first three verses C- kind of speak very clearly to me to some good themes that would work well for a 150th anniversary sermon. Mm-hmm. The last verses you read... Are the ones that he actually focused on in his sermon, right? And he preached on, and they don't speak as clearly to me. <laughs> um, but I'll be—it'll be interesting to see kind yeah. of what he does. His—the title of his sermon was "The Unshakable Kingdom," right? And so he was focused on this this idea about that what's so that. What cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe for indeed our God is a consuming fire. And I think, and I haven't actually read his sermon yet, but I'm wondering if he doesn't reflect on some of the chaos in the world and the fact that we are in the midst of an earth that is shaking, we are citizens of a kingdom that is unshakable. There is a steadfastness to God's love and to what it means to be God's people and God's church in the midst of any other chaos that may be going on in the Mm -hmm. world. I'm thinking that might be where he went with that, but um, that's kind of where my mind goes with this. Yeah, you would think. I mean...
0: As I'm reading, as I was reading, 23 through 29, it's also now apparently, like, (laughs) take tables down time.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. In our normally very quiet podcast studio space, there's a lot going on. In fact, it feels kind of like the earth is shaking around us, but the good news is we are reading God's word, which is our unshakable kingdom mm -hmm. upon which we will dwell. Yeah. Uh, Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As I was as I was reading it, um, a couple of thoughts went through my head. One thought was like, "Oh, this is like the part of Paul that we never read," and there's a reason, because it's all muddled and and doesn't really make sense. You would really like have to really try to guess at what Paul is getting at in parts. Of this. Right. right? And And there's parts, at times, Paul's writing is just... um, Obscure. Yeah, you just can't see through it, right? Uh, I was going to say opaque. Is that the one that you can't
1: see through? Yes. Okay. And then there's other times where it's... Clear as day. Yeah. mm -hmm. And actually, verses 1 through 3 are pretty clear as day to me.
0: Yeah, they seem like it.
1: Um, But then it gets a little out there. But even
0: then, they get caught up in... Uh, pioneer, emperor, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross <clears throat> disregarding its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God right you know, even in the midst of this the sh- well, okay what is the shame the shame of the cross right, right. and it could be lots of different yep. things right and um, the joy that was what was the joy that was set before jesus in the midst of that and it could be lots of different things and that's maybe um what's the one where you can kind of see through it but not really well translucent Translucent.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so maybe those are more translucent sorts of things um
1: yeah but when it picks up at verse 22 it it reads to me an awful lot like uh revelation actually Mm -hmm. um Though attributed to different authors, right? Revelation mm-hmm. is attributed to John of Patmos, and, and Hebrews is attributed to the Apostle Paul. But this this starts to read a bit like the Book of Revelation to me. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. I also found myself wondering: is, is Hebrews one of the uh, one of the ones that we think is authentically Paul, or are we not sure about Hebrews? And I don't know. A person would just have to take a look and see. But maybe yeah. you know off the top of your head. But. My
1: recollection off the top of my head is that this is one that is attributed to the Apostle Paul, but probably wasn't written by Paul himself. So it's probably uh, was probably later. Written by a student of Paul or the, the, the school of Paul, if you will. Yeah. Um, again, attributed to Paul, but not necessarily his words. And frankly, the, some of this language in here doesn't sound like Paul. If you're thinking about Romans or Corinthians or Ephesians, it, it, it has a different feel to it, right? Um, the intended audience, of course, are the Hebrews. These would be Jewish people who have converted to Christianity,
0: right? Because the intended audience is also different,
1: correct? Than
0: what we might think of as these these are, these folks could be living anywhere, not in a particular town.
1: And that's an important distinction because normally, like. Romans, Ephesians, Corinthians, Colossians, on down, are written to the church at Colossae, the church at Ephesus, the church at Rome. This letter to the Hebrews was intended to be spread throughout the land to a particular group of people, which are Jewish people who have converted to Christianity. So different audience, different structure, and um, questions about authorship are all present. And sort of manifest themselves a little bit in this, though I'm not sure I'm going to have time to address that in my sermon <laughs> on Sunday. No, do you want
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess you can take whatever time you want to take.
1: that's fair <laughs> but depends it depends on how anxious people are to get to lunch
0: mm-hmm,
1: really mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you don't I think just, they'll boo me off the uh off the pulpit, do you? No, no. Not the first time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you gotta do that four or five times. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, this um, there's just there's a lot to sort out in this twenty-two through twenty-nine. Because it does it does take more of uh, what we might call an apocryphal mm-hmm. sort of bent, meaning a, an examination of the things that might happen at the end times. Right, the right. New, new heaven and new earth type thing, mm-hmm. right? And who exactly did the author think that they were writing to? Um, you have come... I'm not entirely sure who the you is in this sentence. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirit of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. I'm saying, there's a reason why those three verses aren't in the lectionary. <laughs> right?
1: Where would we pick this up, though, if we, weren't, if we were trying to... Uh, it's, there's not a good place to cut it off and pick up.
0: Not really. Uh, I, well. This is where I think, like, the the lectionary has trained us to like read little sections, yeah, and to not read the whole chapter, yeah. And if we read the whole chapter, and the one that came before it, and the one that came
1: after it. It have some context. We're, yeah, at
0: least I think I would. <laughs> I hope I would.
1: Do you think the saints who are gathered for our 150th worship celebration would be okay with us spending about 10 minutes just reading Scripture, like Hebrews 11, 12, and 13? Yeah,
0: for sure. I think we could probably even just recruit volunteers that morning to read different portions of it.
1: That's, yeah. People love that. And they really like it when there's words that are either in Hebrew or Greek in the Scripture, and we ask them to read them out loud mm-hmm. in public. Mm-hmm. Um, So we should definitely consider doing that. Yeah. Okay, Okay. Okay.
0: well, I'll write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, though, I would imagine, also having not read Dr. Kessler's sermon from that time, the part of this that you would probably focus on is the unshakable kingdom. And what that means. In what way is God's kingdom unshakable? And what does it mean to be a part of that? And um, Like, what does it mean to be a part of a community that's been around for 150 years that, in theory, has been a
1: part of the unshakable kingdom? While also existing in this shakable kingdom, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me not to want to go with a sermon title like Shaken and stirred, instead of...
0: Yeah. Well, that's an option. <laughs> I'll that, write that down to That the so Holy Spirit
1: has stirred us. And so, yes, we live in a world that is shaken, but because the Holy Spirit stirs us. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's actually the direction this is going to go, or if that's a little too cheeky.
0: <laughs> well, I think also reading through Kessler's will... It should help help sharpen some focus a
1: little bit, Mm -hmm. you think?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. Uh, For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one
1: who warns from heaven? I could read that four Um, times. I'm not sure it would actually make a lot of sense to me. And then what I like is that it ends with an exclamation point and not a question mark. Yeah. How much less we escape if we reject yeah. the one who warns from heaven? Mm-hmm. No. How much less we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Interesting. The shape yeah. To be a part of an unshakable kingdom. Hmm. Well, you think it'll preach?
1: Um... I will hold a dialogue with a with uh, with Cy Kessler about this, and we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. The plan right now is for me to perhaps take a few blocks of text from Doctor Kessler's sermon, and 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 they will be read as part of my sermon. Yeah, and we'll be in dialogue with them, and so we'll see how that all goes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and to respond to them in some way,
0: mm-hmm. which. I think is a, I think that's a really neat idea. I like that. Um, and that idea of... Because in theory, there are folks who preached on this text before Dr. Kessler as well. Right. Right? And I think that's maybe in some ways what part of being a part of the, that unshakable kingdom is about. Like, churches have been having the same conversations uh, and trying to teach the same or very similar things to generation upon generation upon generation going back to Paul and before right and and so that idea of continuing we're just continuing the conversation we're just continuing the dialogue yeah in a new time um and in a new place it could be interesting so 73 was a weird time in the nation's history as is 2023 mm-hmm. right yeah so
1: All right, you think it'll preach? I think it'll preach. Okay. What else should people be aware of? Well, we're very excited, because not only uh, are we preparing for the 150th anniversary celebration of our church on Sunday, but this is the week that all of the programmatic year at First Presbyterian Church gets restarted. And so this Wednesday, we will begin uh, Wednesday Night Live, which is our programming for pre-K through high school students. Uh, What that looks like this year is uh, everything begins at 5 o'clock with dinner. Um, And so everybody can come have dinner and share a meal together not limited to just our pre K through uh through high school students but really anyone that wants to come down to the church and have dinner and that's 5 to 5:30-ish five um and then uh our kids will go into various programming doing choir, bell choir, Bible study and then uh the same is true with our youth they'll they'll be doing uh choir and bell choir and youth group and then uh, We also have our chancel choir and our chancel bell choir that'll be rehearsing on Wednesday night. So promises to be a really exciting, fun night back in the church on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we roll into a busy weekend. Uh, There's a couple of funerals at the church that we'll be doing. Uh, Jim Hoffman's funeral on Friday that Damon is doing. And then Peter Duong's funeral on Saturday. Uh, And then Sunday is our 150th worship. So we're restarting Sunday school. So all kids, uh, pre-K on up to uh, really... uh, Adults, too. Yeah. Um, So we'll be doing Sunday school. We have an adult education forum, which will be a panel of uh, former and retired pastors of First Presbyterian Church sharing some of their thoughts and memories and reflections on their time here. Uh, That'll be in the Mm -hmm. fellowship hall. And then at 1030 is our worship service. Yeah. uh, That will be amazing because those five pastors who are back for that will be part of the worship service. We'll also have a proclamation read by the mayor and uh, some other really exciting things, our chancel choir, our bell choir, cathedral brass, and uh, a sermon in dialogue with Cy Kessler on Hebrews 12 that you just heard a preview of. So it's going to be a great. And then after that, we'll invite everyone to join us over in the Peace Center for mm-hmm. a luncheon, uh, which will be set for 300 people, and we hope that folks can join us for some fellowship and food and fun with their church family. And that's uh, that's the 150th anniversary celebration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that calling what we just did a preview of the sermon might
1: be a bit of a stretch. Probably. This time around, but still. <laughs> but it did have the Vidor Toccata as the background for the first 10 minutes of it, which yeah. I think provided it some credibility. Oh, Even sure. though the words we were saying yeah, may yeah, have yeah. been nonsensical, yeah. the fact that the Vidor Toccata was playing live in the background I think adds some credibility to what we said. So,
0: Yeah. I agree. Should we pray? Let's do that. Let me end. Gracious God, uh, we thank you for the ways that you have nurtured us, sustained us, for the ways that you have called forth uh, your church in the world, generation upon generation, that you have called to be disciples, to attempt as best they're able to live out your commandment, to love you with the entirety the entirety of their, their beings and to love their neighbors as they love themselves. We thank you, God, that we are a part of that cloud of witnesses, of that unshakable kingdom. Help us, O oh God, to continue as best we are able to live the faith and to pass it on. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, then, with all those things said and done, until next time, Toodaloo.